Welcome to Ghostly. Is the Airedale Asylum haunted? Ghostly is a podcast that comes out every other week. In each episode, we take a ghost story or paranormal event and look into its complete history. Rebecca then gives us evidence proving that the story is real. And my job is to debate those pieces of evidence and get you, the listener, prepared to vote on if it's real or not. If you haven't yet, here's that annoying reminder. Please hit that subscribe button. (laughs) And I'm your host, Rebecca. And he's Pat. He's the one that's going to try to prove me wrong. But he won't. Hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> All right. So, um, disclaimer: we are native. We are not native Australians. Nope, not at all. While I can sometimes mm-hmm. sort of pretend to pull off a British accent, yeah, there is no, I nothing I so, can do. But I would think Airedale's probably pronounced Ardal. Sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, I know we have listeners in Australia. Please let us know. How did Pat do? Please I will not be us, trying. Please let us know if you've been to Ardal <laughs> Asylum. <laughs> Sounds like <laughs> Western. I don't yeah, know. Right? <laughs> you going to go to the Airedale? <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right. Um, Airedale Asylum um, may well be one of the most haunted places that we've ever talked about on Ghostly. Yeah, definitely. Although... I'll probably not agree with that statement at the end of the debate, but who knows? That's why we do this. It is why we, maybe, maybe listeners, this will be the one. I mean, of all the things that could be the one, this could be the one. Well, you know, we are talking about an asylum here, and it is always kind of bittersweet when we do episodes about asylums. True. Because on the one hand, we get some of the creepiest stories, you know? But on the other hand, we're forced to confront the idea that in many ways, we were kind of inhumane to the mentally ill in the early days of psychiatric medicine. Yeah, I'd say more than kinda. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, we, yeah, we were. It, it was pretty bad. Yeah, although I didn't hear of any lobotomies being done here, but there probably was some. There were, oh yeah. Yeah, um, the patients brought to Ardell were deemed either too sick or too dangerous to remain in society. Over the years, they were subjected to grueling treatments, including restraint and electroshock therapy. Yes, I definitely heard about that. So the history is going to be kind of short for this one, but the ghost stories are plentiful. Yes. So uh, let's just do some business first and then hurry up and jump right into the spooky place. All right. So we do have shout outs. Uh, there are two ways to get a shout-out on Ghostly. The first way is to give us a review on Apple Podcast. You know, we always prefer those five-star reviews, but we will read any and all reviews that we receive. And the second way is to become a member on Patreon. Just go to ghostlypodcast.com and click on Patreon in the menu bar. We have a lot of different tiers that you can choose from, and they're all very affordable. Absolutely. Uh, and a lot of different options for whatever you're looking for. And that includes getting Ghostly X, our awesome uh, extra ghostly that you, Ghostly X, extra ghostly. Yes, yeah. <laughs> that's what it means. Uh, <laughs> you can get on the weeks that you don't get a regular ghostly. Although I will say that, that the episodes are different than they are you know, on regular ghostly, but I've really been enjoying them. They're great because, you know, we don't have time on these episodes to really get into kind of some of the, I don't know, philosophical ideas behind like what are ghosts and what are hauntings and I don't know, are there cryptids and, uh, well, we don't get to swear. 
Um, but we do get to swear on Ghostly X. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it is encouraged sometimes. <laughs> no, no, that's not really <laughs> the, the main reason to listen. But no, we uh, you get into some up close and personal interviews with uh, the people that we have on Ghostly, and yeah. it's super fun. And in the future, maybe even people that we've never had on Ghostly. That's the goal. Yeah, absolutely. So we do have a new um, patron on Patreon, and that is Mark. Thank you, Mark. Welcome, Mark. We're so excited to have you. Um, and we did get a review as yes, well. Yes, we did. Um, so I am not going to try to <laughs> pronounce this name. Um, B. Okay, that's all I'm going to say. B D T I T U H E H E U F. There you go. That. Uh, yes. <laughs> five star review. Thank you so much. Uh, called my overdue review. I've been listening to the show for close to a year, and I really like Pat and Rebecca as a team. You get a discussion Aww. on a haunted subject and the history. Then they rate it on how haunted they think it is. Good show. Keep them coming. Aww. Thank you so much. And uh, if you'd like to leave us a review, we would love it. Yeah. This, this is episode 96, and we're four away from our 100th episode. And we do plan to keep them coming. We do. We absolutely yeah. do. We are so excited for our 100th hundred episode, episode, too. It's going to yeah. be great. It's going to be epic. Epic. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a listener mail. This one is from Tara or Tara. Uh, I have thought about sharing my stories for a long time, but it was always afraid. Sorry, but was always afraid people would think I was crazy. I was in high school the first time I experienced something ghostly. Ding, ding, ding. Mm -hmm. I was sitting in homeroom at the start of the school day. Our chair slash desks were lined up in rows. There were not very many of us in the classroom as it was early. I was feeling down. Don't really remember why, but probably some boy trouble. Always blame it on the boys. Hmm. I had my eyes closed and the person behind me started to give me a wonderful shoulder massage. That's a little creepy. <laughs> I mean, guys, I mean, that's probably not. I would not have been okay with yeah. that in school. I mean, if it's your significant other, then fine. But if it's not, maybe ask if they want it first. You know? uh, yeah, definitely. Okay, I mean, anyways. yeah, anyways. Okay. It felt so good. I just let it happen for a few minutes before turning around to say thank you. When I turned, I saw that nobody was sitting behind oh. me. I looked around the room trying to figure out if anyone was close enough to have been messing with me, but there was no one. As I said, that was the first experience. There were more to follow that I may share with you another time. Oh, well, that was really good. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you, Tara. And uh, please definitely send us more stories. If there anything as creepy as that one just was, I am excited to hear them. Yeah, and if you want to be like Tara, um, you can send us your ghost stories by emailing us at info at ghostlypodcast.com or use the contact us form on ghostlypodcast.com. Or one of our favorite ways to get ghost stories is in the actual mail. And uh, I'm going to give you the P.O. box, but you're not going to remember it. So just scroll to the bottom of ghostlypodcast.com, and it's in the footer. It's P.O. box number 264, Geneva, Illinois, 60134. You got it. 
So, yeah, so let's skip the polls and get right to the ghost story. Then. Nope, get right not, to the good nope, stuff. Nope, oh. nope. Even if I'm going to lose again, we need to do the polls. Oh, jeez. Yeah. I mean, again, I don't know why you're all jeezing it. Like, you have been winning all the most haunted, a, all the, the Lee family. I have a bad feeling about this one. <laughs> and it's not a supernaturally bad feeling. It's because <laughs> I remember what we talked about. All right. So in our last episode, we talked about the Eastern State Penitentiary. Penitentiary. And uh, this time, sorry, I'm a little giddy um, because <laughs> it's yes, 86.4. Wow. No, 13.6. I don't know if I have ever won so big before. Wow! Yeah, I mean, that's, maybe I have, but I don't. I don't think so. That is like huge. It's really big. Yeah, and uh, the overall rating. So you can vote on how haunted you think something is. One being not haunted at all. Ten being the most haunted place ever. Seven point two three. That is unheard of. That is a record breaker. I actually didn't think that was possible. We've had this. Discussion I did not before. either. Yeah, but wow. I guess if there's enough people that say something, then yeah. <laughs> I think uh, I, there was a lot of evidence on that one. So thank you all for that. And oh, you know, in case you didn't know, if you subscribe to Patreon and give us, you know, a little bit of money. And get Ghostly X, we read the listener uh, vote comments. Yes, and I have one to respond to on this one, too. That was directly asked if I had done something, and I have done it, and I am going to respond to this. Yeah, so get on Patreon. Check out that Ghostly X and and get a little bit more with those, those votes. All right, so I do have a ghost story. Ooh. Last night, we went on the spookiest ghost tour I have ever been on. My friends and I decided we were going to check out the Airedale Asylum. We've been traveling in Melbourne, and we always like to include a ghost tour anytime we travel, and this place sounded the creepiest. And, you know, it's not too far away. It lived up to its expectations. We started by touring the woman's ward. Such a sad area. I was just standing there listening to the stories of women with postpartum depression being brought to an asylum and all these other sad cases. When I heard a voice, it was a woman's voice, soft and kind. She just said, it'll be all right. At first, I couldn't quite catch it or even believe what I was hearing. But then she said it again. It'll be all right. I am shivering again just thinking about it. Then we were standing in the area where they did electroshock therapy. And I swear, I felt tingling on one side of my head. Now, I thought at first... It must be the power of suggestion. But then two of my friends and two others in the tour group 
also said they felt a similar sensation. The scariest part of the tour was no doubt the ward where they kept the criminally insane. This is where many dark, depraved souls were kept, no doubt right alongside many people wrongly incarcerated. We were standing in a cell using some paranormal equipment and really trying to just be quiet and see what we could catch when I felt an icy hand on my shoulder. I jumped out of my skin. Then I felt it shoving me, pushing me out of the cell. I have never felt so unwanted in a space before. Yet I almost felt like I was being compelled to go back in. But I let it go. I don't let spirits control my decisions, even if I tend to find them everywhere I go. Well, well, I don't let spirits control my decisions either. Good. Yeah. So uh, (laughs) what is this based on? Um, Well, so uh, Airedale has a lot of tours. Um, There are daytime history tours and a lot of nighttime ghost tours, a lot of different kinds. And that is where a lot of people report all of the paranormal activity that's going on there. And um, the first with the woman um, that is a nurse that we're going to talk about mm-hmm. and um, the tingling on the side of the head um, is also something we're going to talk about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, the shoving and um, all, all of the un- unwanted feeling um, in the criminally insane ward is also something we're going to talk about. Nice. All right, well, let's take a break, and then we will return with the history. Hello, ghostly listeners. Rebecca here. It's been a while since I've read you a creepy bedtime story, but it's time to bring this spine-tingling good time back. Join me on Patreon for exclusive new readings of classic ghost stories. Every month, I'll be reading frightening tales from my favorite authors. A perfect way to go to sleep with the sweetest, most terrifying dreams. Join Ghostly's new Patreon by visiting ghostlypodcast.com and clicking on Patreon on the menu bar so you don't miss any of my creepy bedtime stories. Talk to you soon. So, as I said, this history might be a little bit shorter than the typical history. Um, You know, there's just not that much. I mean, the building was built. It was used for many, many years. Mm -hmm. And then it was no longer in use. Well, I think part of this is, I mean, there is a lot of history. But, I mean, the history would get very into minutiae. Yeah. You know, into just a lot of like the the day-to-day happenings at the asylum and things like that and and i guess i'm there are many other 
podcasts and TV shows and books out there on this place uh, where you can get all that detail. Sure, sure. If you want. Sure. So I'm going to start before it was built. Okay. So the discovery of gold in the mid 19th century in Victoria, which is part of Australia. Yes. Um, brought with it many things, wealth to the colony and its residents, an abundance of different cultures from across the Western and the Eastern world, and most notably, a large population growth. I mean, there's gold in them bar hills. Yeah, right? (laughs) And with such a population growth, there's many issues that arise, right? Yeah. So uh, you don't think about it. You just think, oh, okay, there's... People came in and got gold. Exactly. Um, So one of them is, where are the migrants to live? Yeah. You know, it's a small, it was a small town, so where are they going to go? Will there be a clash of cultures? (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, sometimes, you know, people are very accepting of other cultures, but oftentimes they're not. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Unfortunately. Um, What will become of them once the gold Became scarce. Yeah, scarce. Scarce. (laughs) Uh, So one question that is often overlooked is what was to be done in order to care for for the rise in the mentally ill Victorians that would follow such migration? According to the rise in migration, the births within the colony meant that the rise in those deemed lunatics would follow such a trend. Now, I hate that term, lunatics or stuff like that. I mean, you know, mentally ill, I mean, nowadays we're a lot more accepting of it. And um, we realize that it is an illness. It's not something anyone's fault. But lunatic makes it sound like, I don't know. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, so it's like, okay, sure. So more people are coming. So therefore, there's going to be more people with mental illness, yeah. more people being born, more, all of that makes sense. But yeah, I think definitely, I, I mean, I'm not going to say that we're perfect or that we have it right today. No, but- I'm, I'm looking forward to the next hundred years. Right, where it will you know, be even better, but yeah. but I think you're right, and especially yeah, that word lunatic, you know, it's uh, it's a it's yeah. a hard word, but that is what people used at that time, and I think yeah. it's important because it really helps us to understand what uh, it was like. Yeah. So this growth in mentally ill patients meant that the local asylums were overcrowded and not getting the care that they needed. So parliamentary inquiries throughout the 1850s recommended that larger asylums were to be constructed throughout Victoria to deal with the growing problem. Airedale Asylum, or Airedale Mental Hospital, was an Australian psychiatric hospital, and it was located in Ariat. I like that. Ariat. Yeah. Ariat, Ariat, I don't know. Yeah, there's an A in there. We'll Good go. eye, mate, Ariat. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it, it's a it's a rural city that is located in the southwest state of Victoria. Uh, the asylum was designed by G.W. Vivian and John James Clark. Now, Clark would later become a very famous architect in Australia as he worked 30 years in the public service and 33 in private. Okay, so he designed a lot of stuff. Yeah, and he's actually from the UK. Oh, okay. You know, but um, very interesting person there. 
Uh, Vivian had originally made the design that was used for Aridale for a couple of other mental hospitals in Australia, Q and Beechworth. So they actually started building Q and Beechworth at around the same time as Aridale. Uh, although Aridale was finished first, construction began in 1864 and the guardhouse are listed as being built in 1866. Though the list of patients extends as far back as the year before, which was 1865. Wow. So it's like, I mean, that's crazy to think it's like, we need more mental hospitals, mm-hmm. build them. And then they, you know, there's like a race to construction. Absolutely. We're first. Absolutely. The building of Aridale was contracted to O'Grady, Glenn, and O'Callaghan, and not patients or inmates as um, people mistakenly think. Uh, the asylum was built as a town within a town with its own market gardens, orchard, um, vineyards, piggery, and other stock kept on the grounds. I love piggery. <laughs> okay, so no, that's interesting because I actually had read in some of my research there are, there were people that claim that the patients were the ones that actually built the buildings. And so yeah. you're saying that was that's wrong. That's they totally were not, not involved true. in that. Okay. Yeah, there was actually a construction company that was hired gotcha. and they 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 did all of the work. Now maybe later in years, maybe the inmates might have um, done something. Or and something. I say inmates and I mean that word actually. Oh. Uh, we'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Um so at its height it had over 500 staff. Wow. And as it stands today, the complex is made up of 63 different buildings, ranging in age from the original wings built in the 1860s to the modern forensic unit, which was built in 1991, only two years before um, the facility was closed. Wow. So, yeah, that's not that long ago. I mean, it is, I know, but it's also not that long. Ago. Absolutely. Aridale is an example of E-Plan Barracks, which was um, based on a model that was used in the 1850s asylum in Colony Hatch, England. Okay. Uh, The buildings are constructed from oversized bricks, which were then rendered with cement, and uh, two-storied ward wings extend to each side, one for each sex. The ward wings were surrounded by courtyards, lined with iron column um, verandas. Verandas makes it sound very fancy, but <laughs> then they had iron. Yeah, <laughs> well, actually, this is this is something really, really interesting because there's another distinct feature of Aridale. Okay. It uses technique called ha-ha walls, which I love that term, <laughs> ha-ha walls. Um, I don't know. It's one of those things I feel like you're about to tell us that it was bad, but it sounds fun. No, no, no. <laughs> this was this was not bad. Okay. This is actually really good. Um, so the ha-ha walls were around the patient courtyards. So what they do to make these is around the building, they dig a big trench, and then they put the wall in the trench. Okay. So you have to go downhill, and then you're confronted with the wall. Oh. Yeah. Okay. And when you look at the building, it looks like the patients have free roam then. But as you get closer, you have to go down a hill to see the wall surrounding it. And it adds to the feeling that the patients are not imprisoned at all. Okay. So 
I love, okay, this is my <laughs> thought of why it's called the haha wall is you think you're free. You think you can get out and you keep walking, but then you go down the hill and ha ha, you out. Maybe, or maybe it's, you know, you're driving by and you're like, wow, they, they have no walls surrounding the courtyards. Why are the people all staying in there? And then you get closer and it's like, ha ha. That's a wall. There's a wall. <laughs> no, I, I, you know what? I did read something. I didn't know all of this detail, of course, but I, I did read a thing that said that the way they did the walls made people on the outside think that they weren't like imprisoned as much as they, as yeah. the people really were. And yeah. okay, so that makes sense then. So now I have to bring this up because just by reading about it, I get a feeling it's going to come up in the debate. So uh, there was a special place in the mental hospital. It was J Ward. Now, I read something else where it said that um, the whole hospital was made for prisoners or the criminally insane. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't. It was built for everyone. Right. And then they incorporated J Ward. J Ward was supposed to be temporary, though. But it was set up to have the criminally insane as patients. So they went around to all the prisons in Australia and pulled out the mentally ill and brought them to Aradale. J. Ward was separate from the rest of the hospital, though. Okay. So they didn't have interactions with the other patients. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so they were building a new mental hospital to host these criminally insane. It was to be built at Sunbury. But right before the building was finished, they designated it to be a woman's mental hospital. So the prisoners all stayed in J Ward. Okay. Uh, the hospital did close in 1993, following a decision from the Victorian government to deinstitutionalize patients in mental uh, hospital systems. Um, Airedale Asylum was closed in 1998. So it did, it was open for a little bit. Mm. But it just, you know, maybe it was the J Ward that was still open. I'm sure it took a, took time to yeah. coordinate everything. And in 2001, it became a campus, the Melbourne Polytechnics Airat Training Center. Say that 10 times fast. I'm not going to do that. Uh, you know, so it's interesting. I think this is something that uh, I've definitely heard about um, here in the States uh, and obviously as well, I'm sure, around the world that, you know, we used to really not have have anything for people that were more severely mentally ill. Now, I am a hundred percent positive that there were people in this um, asylum that that even at the time didn't need to be there. You know, I I know for women again postpartum depression, yeah. different things. Again, these are people that did not need to be institutionalized. But let's just go with people who are severely mentally ill, mm -hmm. you know, schizophrenia, really depressed, all of the things where they, they are really, really bad. And they, they, back then, I mean, no amount of therapy is going to help this person, right? Even if they knew of such a thing. Um, and so um, this was what they did. They built these buildings, put people there. Again, doesn't mean that the treatment was always great. Doesn't mean it was always bad. But what changed was medication, was pharmaceuticals. Absolutely. Absolutely. But I mean, you have to look at, so treating psychiatric um, or mentally ill patients um, in, in an inpatient setting is a lot different than it is an outpatient. 
outpatients, they, you know, usually go weekly or there is daily, mm-hmm. um, but they get the, you know, help that they need. And um, there's no reason why they, you know, they can't stop unless it's like court ordered or something like that. But whereas inpatients, once they have you in there, it's hard for them to know when to release you. Oh, absolutely. And it's also hard not to become worse. Yeah. Because you're surrounded by a lot of people that are feeding this as well. Absolutely. I mean, I know too. There's, there was, there was, and I, and I believe still is, um, but there there was a big growth in the homeless population yeah. after they closed asylums like this. Um, you know, there really wasn't. I'm sure the support needed um, for. Uh, it's people. not homeless people though, Rebecca. Unhoused. Unhoused people. <laughs> But, Which I kind of refuse to say that. I'm sorry. <laughs> but back then, and, and especially this particular group, I mean, is what you what you really think of. It's 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 sad. It's a complicated thing, and and we're not going to solve anything today. But, um, but yeah, I think the, the you know from what I read about the asylum, it this is this wasn't necessarily known as like. The worst of the worst. I mean, did they do lobotomies? Did they do electric shock therapy? Yes, but those were considered state-of-the-art treatments. And they actually still do some versions of electric shock therapy today. And they do lobotomies in rare cases. Exactly. So I don't think that any... Again, maybe some of the things that they did there, I'm sure by today's standards, we would consider them like, oh my God, I can't believe they did that to people. Yeah. But I think back then it wasn't like, I mean, there were places that did things that even back then were bad. Yeah, absolutely. But I have not necessarily read that about this place. But regardless, any place this big, there's going to be bad stories. uh, You know, and again, people that were there that just didn't need to be there. People that were probably indigenous or, you know, just, just people that were considered other you know, that got put there, which yeah. makes a, makes for a very sad place sometimes. Absolutely. You know? Well, uh, you wanted to talk about the noteworthy in- inmates as yeah. well. So, the, I mean, there were many, but there were just a couple that I read about that I thought were worth mentioning. Um, one was Bill Wallace. Now, he was never tried. He was never convicted. But people strongly suspected that he shot a friend over an argument about a cigarette and was declared insane by two separate doctors in 1925. He was sent to Airedale for 64 years to be held, quote, held at the governor's pleasure. What? And Mm -hmm. died there at 107 in 1989. I read this in several places. Like he got... He he got the life sentence. Well, I mean, at least they're feeding people well then if you live to 107. Jeez. I don't know. Um, now, the other one, I am not going to go into all of the gory details, but this is uh, Gary Webb. Um, he, he Bad crimes, bad guy, but he was set to be released. But he had threatened so many people on the outside that basically the government passed, passed a special law just relating to him to keep him in prison or to keep, sorry, keep, well, in at Airedale in the, in the, the J ward. Um, and while he was there, it was said that he mutilated himself over 70 times. Wow. He, he cut things 
off and himself and oh jeez bad 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 oh go read man. about it if you want the gross stuff <laughs> if you want the gross <laughs> if stuff. you want the gross stuff go read it <laughs> all right um well with that i think we're done with the history so we should go ahead and just take a break let's do it Pat, what do creepy stories, funny ghost memes, and inside ghostly information have in common? Um, my life. <laughs> well, yes, but <laughs> no, it's also Ghostly Society on Facebook. Oh, yeah, I mean, that too, of course. I, but aren't all ghostly listeners in Ghostly Society? Not yet. What? I mean, that means that they're missing out on all my jokes. Yeah, they are. And missing out on chatting and sharing with other listeners and us, of course. We love talking to our listeners. If you haven't yet, you should consider joining our private group on Facebook called Ghostly Society. Let's hope now they will. Unless they're a woman in white. bet you're going to tell me that this place is like haunted or something. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can't you ever just be like, I couldn't find anything. And nope. so the episode's over right now. No. no debate needed. Well, then we wouldn't do the episode. I yeah. don't. <laughs> uh, no, there are um, countless stories <laughs> for this place. Uh, there are so many stories, comments, videos, pictures, Anything you can think of, it's out there. Uh, <laughs> um, but we're going to focus on just some of the most commonly told stories about who haunts this former asylum and what they do to haunt it. Okay. Uh, I will add links in the show notes for um, uh, a fun Facebook page uh, that's for the haunted tours mm. that have some like kind of like people telling their stories of things that happened to them. Um, and of course, just all the other sources that I found that were just super fun. Um, there's uh, one, th one thing that articles will say is that it is estimated that in its, during its time, over 13,000 inmates died at the asylum. Now, some people will say we're killed at the asylum. I don't think that's fair. Um, I'm assuming it's, you know, people that went through it. I don't know where they're getting that number exactly, but it wouldn't surprise mm. me that there'd be a, a large number of people because it was a big place, a lot of people. Well, There's 500 staff people. people. Exactly. I so mean, that's crazy. 2,000, I think, inmates at any given time. Wow. So, I, you know, I, again, I don't know, but that's uh, that was just a, a fun fact I found. Oh, uh, fun. <laughs> all right. 
Here we go. The first ghost mentioned in most articles is Nurse Carrie. Nurse Carrie is said to haunt the woman's ward. Uh, she was an employee. Supposedly, she watches over two groups, as she used to do uh, watching over the, the women inmates when she worked there. Uh, visitors report hearing the disembodied sound of clicking high heels throughout the empty ward and even a soft woman's voice. Hmm. I mean, I I did not hear anything like that. I mean, I I wasn't there, but I didn't. Li- I mean, I looked at some of the stuff, and I didn't hear any videos where they had that or anything. No, I did not find any videos with the clicking high heels or woman's voice. Yeah, I mean, I'm thinking that this place is enormous. Yes, it is. I mean, to house that many people. I mean, it has to be pretty, pretty big. Yeah. I mean, so I'm thinking that it's possible to hear echoes throughout the throughout the halls. I suppose. But if you're standing there with a tour group and then you hear or, or you're just standing there and you hear, I mean, that's a pretty distinctive sound to hear. Well, I mean, this is a functioning building. They do uh, offer degrees and stuff there. <laughs> well, not, I think, in this in this part of it. In the whole entire place. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it's like a college almost. Well, I don't think they use up all the buildings, though. I think they're... Because if you yeah. see the pictures, like, there's definitely areas well, that are still the old so asylum the, area. So the main building, it had two wings, and each one of those wings had two stories. And each wing was responsible for either male or female. Mm-hmm. So if they were on the female end of this and um, it's possible to hear noises from the male end, I would imagine, especially oh. since it there's not many people in it and most time. So, and I would imagine it's, um, you know, there's not as much furniture probably as there was. Well, maybe there is. I mean, but they've probably opened up a lot of the, you know, the walls and stuff like that in order to have classes in there. Right. But where this is, this is not wherever classes are. Like this is where, like, I think, I think it sounded like this is where there's like, like it's the woman's ward, like not like where there was like medical treatment and stuff like that. Like it was not just like where they lived, you know, it was like a special place. And again, specifically they mentioned like women, like postpartum depression women, which mm-hmm. they didn't call it that, that back then. Um, and, and just like other like women are hysterical, so they must be crazy um, kind of thing. And, and that this is like a special place where they were getting treatment. Sure. So I don't, again, I don't know the names of all the rooms and specific places, but this definitely doesn't sound like it was just like a, like where they lived, like where there's like, you know, this barracks over here and this barracks over here. Mm-hmm. This is like a, a separate area because this is like a staff person who was a nurse. Yeah. 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 Uh, you know, I'm going to say without further information, it's it's impossible for me to really give any reason to this. Um, but echoing. Echoing, your, I would say, thought. is probably one of the, it's highly suspected when people hear these kind of things, especially 
um, the clicking of heels and stuff like that. Right. That is, you can hear heels pretty far away. <laughs> If it's quiet, I suppose that's Absolutely true. you can, yeah. <laughs> uh, so what's your rating for this one? I'm going to go one because I don't have enough information to really make any informed decision on this. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, I'm going to give this one a six. I mean, again, it's, you know, I there's so much haunting there, um, but I did not necessarily read a specific story regarding... Um, the the heels and the woman's voice. Um, but again, it's just such a popular story. We're putting it in there. Um, all right, here we go. Next one, J, the J Ward, which, okay, I'm sorry. As an aside, when I was doing the research for this, I was so confused for like a half hour because for some reason, my brain thought J Ward was the name of a person. Yeah, I, I did too. <laughs> Thank goodness, because yeah. I was like, I was like, oh, so this is like a person, and they like mm-hmm. have a website and they talk about asylum. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyways, there was a lot of um, I'm gonna walk away because I'm confused by everything, mm-hmm. and then when I come back, I'm gonna read some other stuff, and and then I figured it out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So J Ward, as we learned, is where the criminally insane were held. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So the story is. There were three prisoners who were hanged and buried at Airedale. However, they were apparently not given proper burials and do not have headstones. Only three small scratches in the prison wall to mark that they were buried on the grounds. It's even rumored that they were buried vertically like many murderers back then. I had not heard this story. I didn't research vertical burial, but anyways, so supposedly in this area, the whole J word area, people feel uh, report feeling shoved and bitten by unseen ghosts. There are screams and clock ticking where there are no clocks. Okay. So there's a lot of things I know. Yes. And so to start off with the three prisoners who were hanged, um, I saw no reference to that in any history. Um, the, I don't know the names of these prisoners. I have no idea. This all, this whole one <laughs> sounds like one of those spooky stories that you tell by a campfire, you know, about like the guy that has the hook arm. That comes after people and stuff. It it doesn't it like seriously. If I can't find any reference of the three prisoners that were hanged, then it makes me question all the rest of it. In that they were just trying to explain this more. I don't know. I mean, there must be three scratches somewhere on a wall. I was thinking. Oh yeah, I'm sure there was. Yeah. <laughs> no, but I mean, I'm guessing this is a story told to people, so I don't know where they came, where where the story came from. But I will say, the reports of feeling shoved and bitten. Those I found a lot of people with those stories, especially the shoved part, and then the bitten. I actually read about an investigator. Or uh, yeah, it was an investigator. They were there, and they they decided to try or like do a test where they put on the straight jackets, mm-hmm. 
And the one guy like freaked out after getting the straight jacket put on. And he was like, you know, like, get it off, get it off kind of thing. And when they took it off, they visibly like the people like saw a bite mark on him. And they were like, what? And he didn't have that prior to coming in. He did not have it. And in fact, they went to another room where there was like more light to look at it Mm -hmm. and it was gone. Okay. Well, but anyways, so those are so the shoved and bitten. And again, they just think they're claiming it's these guys or just could be others, I suppose. But so I've been on a couple of, you know, paranormal investigations and um, these tours and stuff like that. And one thing I, I, I can say is that they usually have the place nice and dark. Yes. And, you know, when you're walking up and down stairs and stuff like that, I often feel that way when I'm in these kind of things. And feel like what? Feel like, the, you know, I'm being pushed and like, you know, but I just think it's, I think it's my nerves. I think it's. Or it's ghosts. No, it's not a ghost, Rebecca. <laughs> Um, so I'm gonna have to go zero on this one. Whoa. This one, this one just sounds like so fantastic, Al. It's like you know, it, seriously, there there's no proof of three prisoners hanged there. Okay, there might be three scratches on a wall. That could mean anything. That could be three days that the person spent in this cell. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Could be true though. Don't know. It could be that the person. Um, you know, grew their nails out and scratched the wall when they were being pulled away by one of the one of the or- orderlies. Ugh. I don't know. It there could be a lot of explanations for three scratches on the wall. That's this is this is kind of getting ridiculous now. Well, I'm gonna give this one an eight. An eight. Yes, because Whoa. of the shoving and the biting. Okay. The screaming and the clock ticks. I, I eh, those I feel like we can explain those away, but. But the others, nope, too many people, too much going on with that. All right, next one. (laughs) No, this one, okay, I picked this one. So there are, there's a lot of mentions of a, some quote unquote room where people like feel like a bad presence, something evil. But I actually only I found one place where it mentioned maybe a specific room, the the name of the room that this could be. So the governor's bathroom okay. is said to be very haunted by a demonic force. Oh, geez, Rebecca, what's your infatuation with these demons? I didn't write this. And is this just a poopy one? Is this, this what is we're talking about? This is not a poopy one. I'm, well, no, not a poopy one. All right. Fart, fart, fart. Uh, staff and visitors often refuse to go in because they just sense evil. So again, I, I, you know, there could be other rooms, but this is the only one I found named. So supposedly at least one prisoner was murdered and dismembered in the bath. In the bath of the, of the government's, uh, of of the governor's bathroom. Yeah, that's the story. But again, demonic presence or demonic force or just evilness people don't like to go in well i don't even know what to say about this one this one it's like okay so really all that it is is that staff and visitors often refuse to enter because they sense evil right yes okay 
I mean, we all have <laughs> we all have these things. Like, oftentimes when I'm invited to go to something, I get really excited about it. But then as the day comes closer, I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to go to this. And I have no rhyme or reason for it. I just don't want to go. And then I find if I do go, I end up having the best time ever. Uh And whenever I feel that way, I feel like I need to push myself. And I think they need to push themselves to see what this evil is. So there is nothing, okay, so that they have this sense of evil. And that is the only thing that this demonic force does is make them sense evil. (laughs) Well, we don't know what would happen if they went in. They refused to go in. Somebody's got to have gone in there at some point. (laughs) Well, they were dismembered. I mean, but this isn't a place that nobody's ever gone in. (laughs) So I just, I don't know. And I never heard of a a prisoner being murdered and disembodied in the governor's bathroom's bath. Well, not just, well, I guess he was, I'm sorry. I I don't know why I'm a little giggly today with this one, but I mean, they were, I guess, disembodied in a way, but they were also dismembered, supposedly. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like that. Um, that's another way of saying murdering somebody. Yeah. <laughs> they were disembodied. They murdered him to death. There you go. <laughs> but no, I, I seriously, I don't, I, I have not heard of any murders in the governor's bathroom. Well, I mean, they, it was open for a long time and it's possible we don't know. We'd have I'm to sure do the a governor's bathroom research. was locked. Unless it was the governor <laughs> that did it. Or <laughs> like ordered it to be done in his bathroom in his bath (laughs) yes it's possible come on rebecca (laughs) well okay listen i don't know about that part but i do know that there uh in almost every article you read um it is mentioned that there is a room you know somewhere there where people just um feel horrible and they don't want to go in and they're very afraid of it. Uh, and again, this was the only one that I could find that mentioned a specific room in relation to that. Uh, so what's your rating? Zero. Okay. So I'm going to give this one a seven. A seven? Yes. Again, two. I don't know about the the dismemberment, but I do know that there are, there is supposedly a room there that is just really evil but, and no one wants to go. Okay. But just because nobody wants to go into this room doesn't mean that there's anything paranormal going on there it could be the way that the room is positioned it could be the way that like maybe the bathroom is at the top of a flight of stairs or something and they just get this feeling about it maybe it's darker than the rest of the there's like a whole bunch of reasons why people would be like i don't want to go on that one right there (laughs) you're gonna give it a seven okay I, i am all right all right next one there is a covered bridge that leads to the men's ward. Supposedly, icy hands reach out and grab unsuspecting visitors in a, quote, steely grip. It was a place where some took their own lives. And some think those souls are grasping for someone to hold or take down with them. Hmm. Um, we have any video or any, anything of this? Not that I found. I mean, there's a lot of videos of like doors closing on their own or people like in a window. None of them I found 
like connected to to a story or or necessarily the most compelling. They are compelling, but I didn't think they would be to your liking. So we'll post them for people to watch if they want. But no, and this this I mean it's icy hands reaching out. You wouldn't necessarily have a video of that. Well, I mean, okay, but the reason why I was asking if there's any videos is because I'm wondering how the bridge is constructed. Is it like um are the are the rails going across it? Are they um are they made of metal? Metal, you know, can be very cold. Mm-hmm. Is it wood? Is it, you know, like I, I don't have anything to go on on this to be able to prove it's not true because there's not enough evidence here. There's not, I mean, there's really nothing here. I don't know. I mean, I just supposedly people feel icy hands uh, touch them when they're crossing the but bridge. But sometimes this could be explained by the atmosphere. And sometimes it yeah, it could be a microclimate too. Um, it, there's a lot of different reasons why, and there's again nothing to base this this whole story on. I have nothing to go on in order to debate it. Okay, does that make sense? Well, I don't know. When I give you specific stories, and you tell me it's just one person's story, so no, I'm giving you something that supposedly people, a lot of people, have said. So that's all I can tell you. Yeah, I know, but scientifically, I would want to look at what kind of materials were used in the construction of this bridge. So what would matter? Like, so let's say it was metal. Okay, metal. If you touch metal and it's cold out, that metal can feel really cold. But like, I'm sure I would know like, oh, I just touched the side of the bridge. It depends what time of day this is happening at. Mm. This depends the lighting in the situation. Mm. Like if you can't see something and you feel it and or maybe there is parts of the bridge maybe it's wood but there is like big um metal bolts in it to hold it together and they touch the bolt so they think that they're touching wood but they're mm. actually touching the metal now that would actually be something i i could see that where like you think it's wood but there's metal in there so when you touch it i still feel like you would know that was a bolt but I, I, you're right it could what if it's nighttime i don't know well it could be a bolt that is perfectly level to the wood and mm. i mean i don't know because i don't i I don't know which bridge that they're actually um, referring to, and I have not seen any pictures or or any video of this particular um, bridge. So I'm going to have to give this a one because I don't have anything else to go on. Um, but I, I am hesitant to do that because I think there could be a rational reason for this. All right. I'm going to say I'm going to give this a six. Okay. I feel like you've given me some thoughts. Yeah. I'm I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to say that. Okay. All right. Okay. Last one here. Uh now there is a former superintendent um that supposedly did um kill himself at the asylum and I did see a news article. So mm-hmm. this did happen by ingesting prussic acid which I don't know exactly what that is but doesn't acid doesn't sound good don't drink acid <laughs> um people reported like they report like a a foul taste or like a sour or a just a just an acid taste in their mouth 
um, and feeling nauseous when like standing in his quarters or passing by where they were, where this happened. So there you go. Uh, This could be a carbon monoxide thing too. I suppose, but you can't really taste that. Yeah, smell it. sometimes if if you're in carbon monoxide, you can you you get a taste in your mouth. That's one of the symptoms of uh, of carbon monoxide poisoning. Ooh, lesson learned. Yeah, and also uh, feeling nauseous too would be one of them. But I would imagine they would, if that was true, they would have like fixed that. I don't know. It really depends. It it, it could. If someone's really sensitive to something like that, it could be on an individual basis and not on a group by group basis. But Um, what what are the chances that would happen at this guy's room and just in that spot? Okay, I am pretty sure that they don't. Okay, so I did not see anything about the superintendent killing himself at the asylum by ingesting this purest, pure. Pure sick acid. Oh, there you go. I'm sure that's the right way. Um, but um, I am more positive they don't know exactly where this happened in the history of the place. No, and, they do. There was there were like newspaper articles. I mean, that was a big deal. Like, yeah, you know. Um, but I, I just, I just think that they. It was like he told them it was for his like sick like dog or something, and then he like drank it himself. And the carbon monoxide poisoning could have happened at any place in there, and they could be feeling it at this point too. I don't know. Again, that seems like a lot. I wonder if they a lot of things aligning. I wonder if they altered the way that they did the tour to go the opposite direction. First, I wonder if the same thing would happen, or if they would feel it in a different spot, mm. or if they didn't tell them that this is the spot where this person took this acid. <laughs> I wonder if they would still feel it. So there's a lot of different things that scientifically we would need to do to prove this, right? We would need to uh, have a control, Mm -hmm. which uh, I would say the control is not telling people and seeing if they still feel it. And also, too, um, I don't know how many people have reported this fall taste in their mouth. Um, I would want like a specimen. I would want like there to be at least like in the high hundreds to a thousand people that that have experienced this to in really be able to scientifically say this could be this or that. Mm. Well, and it may not be that everyone would feel it, right? It would just maybe be people that are more sensitive to... to the carbon uh, monoxide. Yeah. No, to the spirit uh, and what happened there, the energy. Uh, now, I picked this particular story, but as I mentioned in my... Um, ghost story there's there are there are other stories like this where it's like like when you when people go to the um electroshock therapy room they feel tingling on the side of their head when they go by this guy they taste the stuff you know there's a few stories like that so i thought this one though because at least it had a story we do know this person (laughs) really did do this there was a little bit more to it well so so interesting story when i was in high school I didn't like high school. What? I didn't like going there. And I would try to come up with reasons. And I remember- <laughs> Reasons why you didn't like to go? No, reasons why I would be able to stay home. Ah. And I remember on more than one occasion telling my my mother that I, that I felt nauseous. Mm-hmm. And the more that I told myself that I felt no- nauseous, the more that I actually did feel nauseous. 
that you tricked your brain. It's very possible to trick your brain in that way. <laughs> very Ferris Bueller. Yeah, and I mean, I would say that you could probably make yourself feel like you have a foul taste in your mouth <laughs> if you heard something like, um, what is I it? Drink. Um, prussic acid. It's sure. Prussic. I don't. Uh, prussic acid. I have no pr- idea. Prussic sounds. Um, but I mean, I'm sure that there's a psychological thing behind that too, where you can make yourself feel that way. Mm, interesting. All right. So, so what's your rating? Zero on this one. Oh, okay. Okay. I'm going to give this one, uh, I'm going to give it a seven. Again, there's just so many of these stories like this. So I, okay. I just can't not. So what is your overall rating then? All right. So this place is overall, I'm going to give it. I'm going to give it an eight. Like, I know that sounds insane because I haven't, necess- I've only gave one thing an eight and others were sevens and sixes and whatever. But there are so many stories and just so much out there and so many people with these stories that um, just the, the hearing the whispers or feeling pushed or, um, you know, smelling or tasting things or feeling somebody touching you. There are countless stories. So, uh, yeah, I know I'm, I'll talk more about that, I guess, in my, my argument. But it's an eight above real. Well, unlike you, I'm not going to let my feelings for the place dictate <laughs> what my score is, um, which obviously you're doing with that I a little bit. I don't think I am. I mean, okay. But you're not going on the evidence that was presented. That's what I'm saying. Well, I am. It's just I know that uh, there's so the weight of the number of stories behind each of these. Okay. Well, I am going to, so I gave a couple of them ones and I gave a lot of zeros. So I'm going to go zero on this one. Okay. Um, you know, if I could give a half a point, I'd probably give a half a point. If for I this could one. do a half, I'd do seven and a half. <laughs> so you would lower it from I your would. Eight. I would do seven so and a half. So it's not a strong eight. It's not a strong eight, but you won't let me give mm-hmm. seven and a half. So I'm giving it an eight. All right, Rebecca, that brings us to our closing arguments. This is our last chance to convince you to vote our way. We are each given one minute of uninterrupted time. We will time each other on our cell phones because, as we all know, Rebecca likes to cheat sometimes. I do not cheat. Uh, You have cheated in the past, and I've caught you doing it. (laughs) That was just in a fun episode. mm -hmm, It wasn't very fun for me when you were cheating. (laughs) All right, Rebecca, are you ready? Yes. And go. All right. The Airedale Asylum is so haunted. Uh, I was not, I I've had a feeling it was going to be haunted, uh, but I was overwhelmed. I was overwhelmed with the number of stories and evidence and trying to pick which to tell uh, was difficult. So I apologize if you are somebody that knows about this asylum and you're like, but you didn't even talk about the this or the that. Uh, you know, there's a whole thing with there's there were children that were there. Um, oh my gosh! Again, so I I apologize. There's just so many stories I didn't get to. But uh, even just from the ones that we that I did pick, um, you know, the again people feeling touched, people uh, hearing voices, um, feeling icy cold stuff, and and tasting and every... this place. It's haunted. It's okay. Too many stories. All right. You had like five seconds left. I did. I did. Like I said, I could just, it's, it's, there's so much I could go into that I just have to cut it short. All right. How about for you? Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. All right. Here we go. 
So one thing I, I can tell you from doing Ghostly for almost four years now is any episode with asylum or penitentiary or any one of those other, you know, sanitarium in the title, we get a lot more downloads on those episodes because people expect the creepy. People expect the madness that would be in these kind of places. The thing is, is that these are places to treat mentally ill people, mentally ill people that deserved respect. And I think we're doing a disservice to them by saying that all of them are haunted now. Um, I believe that there was some mistreatment, but I believe that that was the science of the day. And that's all I'm going to say. It's just not haunted. All right. About seven seconds left there. Now, I will say, I'm just going to say, I did try my best to pick stories that were as much as possible about like staff. Yeah. And, and some of those things, because, because, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, like I said, I mentioned children, like there's some, there's some ghost stories there and, uh, you know, I don't want to, to go down a too sad of a path for us today. Um, but, um, yeah, there, there's a lot, there's, there's a lot of sad things that happen at asylums and, um, it doesn't necessarily mean they're haunted. Um, Thank you. Thank you. But in this case, it is. Mm. (laughs) all right so i want to thank you so much for listening please share us with your friends and family as that is our best way to get the word out on ghostly i mean we 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 take both sides we take the believer side and the skeptic side i don't think this podcast would be the same if it was just believer it would be like a lot of other paranormal podcasts yeah or there's a lot of skeptic podcasts out there too and it wouldn't be the same same as that and the skeptic podcasts don't necessarily focus just on ghost stories so right exactly you know i i really think that this is a good mix and i think that um it's it's important because like, I don't know if you can tell, but by the way that we have the voting system, it's um, we are saying that not every place that people say is haunted is necessarily haunted and that you can choose yeah. if you think this is one of them that is or isn't. I mean, like we've had some that were, you know, pretty close to like the Lee family curse. I mean, who would have thought, you know, like going into it, I was like, yeah, this is this is a thing I remember from my childhood. And then to find out, no, it's probably not anything. Yeah. It, it's, uh, it's our goal that you get a chance to look at the evidence and make your own decision and everybody gets a vote. As you should with everything. Absolutely. Right? So I want to remind you to hit that subscribe button. If you didn't already hit su- subscribe when I told you in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> uh, so, I would like to talk about our producers of the show. Uh, These are our VIP patrons. We have Carrie. Becky. Natalie. Kim. Ta. Ernie. um, Marisol. Shayla. Cindy. Nicole. Darnay. Jessica. Sarah. Linda. Alice. Austin. Aaron. Hope. And Candy. Uh, So we have some really exciting episodes coming up. We have one that we've been planning that I am just like, I am almost 
giddy about it. <laughs> that's how that's how excited I am about this episode. And I think you know which one I'm thinking of. I think I do. Yeah. Well, we're going to do things a little different in that episode. We, I'm yeah, so excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, it, really, this is like a summer of scare. I'm yeah. going to say we're, we we are not holding back. We're not waiting till October to do no. the scariest in episodes. I, in October, we're going to we're going to scare the poop out of you anyway. We're so. going to definitely still do that, but we're not saving it till then. We're yeah. we're going to go full full throttle until then. So, we'll be talking about the Myrtles Plantation on the next episode that comes out on June 22nd. All right. You ready for that one? I I know. <laughs> I am pretty sure that is going to be another sad and scary place. <laughs> I wonder if plantation means a lot more downloads too. Like That'll be interesting. Like Asylum does. So. Yeah, we'll find out. But until next time, stay ghostly. Bye. <laughs>